Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Dynasty Theory. Last episode of May, going into June strong. I'm interested to see, and it kind of plays into what our episode's about tonight, but those June designations, those cuts, the money hits the cap space. I believe that's tomorrow, so I'm excited for that. We are joined by the New York Ranger fanatic, Dan Lamagna. What's up, buddy? You should be feeling good. Hey, one of my teams has to be good, and it just happens to be hockey, so I'm on cloud nine as, you know, one one series away from the Stanley Cup championship, so great opportunity there and uh excited about tonight's show man you're you're taking us out of the rookie realm and into uh, some new uh topics here to get us ready for the dynasty season yeah trying to stay ahead of things here after discussing rookies for months on end but this is probably the perfect time to get into this stuff because mitch you and i talked about it before the show there's not much going on right now and i say mitch you all know it's it's mitch Sorensen. what's up mitch <laughs> what's going on like I don't know for you guys, but to me, it feels like the Super Bowl just happened recently. And so, like, I'm like, we have three months until the start of, like, actual football on the field. And I I don't know, Dan, you could probably speak to this better than I can, but I swear the older that I get, the faster it comes every single year. Like, before, it'd be like, oh, these next three months are going to take forever. I'm like, no, these three months are going to fly by because my kids are out of school and it's going to be miserable, but they're, they're going to go back to school <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's true, That's Mitch, Mitch man. the I, family I, man. Mitch the family man over there. I think yeah, summer vacation in conjunction with Dynasty Theory, uh, the time will fly. Yeah. Like I said, end of May. We we are working through the OTAs here. Then we have a you know official training camp preseason. Three of us are going to Canton, Ohio for the yeah. expo meeting in person for the first time ever. I think we might be doing a live show. That's going to be exciting. But enough lollygagging here. Enough dilly dallying. There are some things we want to talk about tonight. And overall, one, it's because there isn't much going on right now, to be honest. But two. The the few conversations I've been able to have with managers that are still somewhat active regarding trading, a lot of the conversations have come to guys that are going to be free agents after the 22 season, and their values are in flux because we don't know their contract situation. Where are they going to be? One player specifically that you know, I, I was trying to trade away Saquon Barkley, but foot, well, I don't know about the contract. It's not like he's going to land in a worse situation <laughs> than the New York Giants. So uh, there was, there's a lot we want to get to tonight, a lot of things we want to talk about. But for the most part, it is centered around free agents following the 22 season. And then I want to do a, a deep look ahead for free agents following the 23 season. So I, I pose that question to you guys. Both of you are looking at me like a deer in the headlights because you probably didn't look at the notes, but that's okay. A little we'll, bit. We'll, we'll pick it up on the fly. We'll pick it up on the fly. Kevin, the chat saying OTA hype is here. ETN has no risk. Watson is a bust. Pittman is having an affair with Matt Ryan. He can stick it anywhere he wants. And uh, Najee Harris gained anywhere between what? 14 and four pounds. The verdict is still out. So there's a lot going on, a lot of breaking news. But like I said, free agents. This class, th this 22 free agency class that we just got done with, it was kind of lackluster, right? Yep. Just to remind everybody because it feels, Mitch says the Super Bowl feels like it was just yesterday. I don't know. Free agency feels like it was years ago. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. Uh, we're in a different time space continuum or something like that. But Christian Kirk, Allen Robinson, MVS, Russell Gage, Zay Jones, Cedric Wilson. Those are the top wide receivers <laughs> that that signed during free agency. Quarterback, not much better. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky. Tight end, CJ Uzoma, Ty Conklin, Gerald Everett. Running back, probably the, the strength of this free agency class. And it still wasn't strong. Cover yours, Dan. But it was Leonard Fournette, 
Chase Edmonds, Rashad Penny, Melvin Gordon to to lead the way. So I want to mention those names because when we get the names for next year, it does get a little bit more interesting. And I do think it shakes things up a little bit more. But overall, Mitch, and you can't sit here all episode and say, oh, they're all just going to resign. They're all going to resign. That busting our, you know, balls over here. Come on. What are your overall thoughts? How do you approach impending free agency? We're a year out. So from a theory perspective, how do you go about it? So I think actually theory-wise, it has changed for me in the last two years because the way the NFL attacks things differently. We used to not see big trades. Now we see big trades all the time to where the NFL has turned into the NBA (coughs) to where you actually see big players moving before the free agency happens. And so I do think it takes a little bit of that luster off. Oh, hey, this free agency period is going to be huge. This is what's going to happen. And then good players end up getting traded. Um, The elite players keep getting re-signed to their team. And then we end up with Christian Kirk as the best wide receiver in the free agent market. And it's like, yeah. highest paid, not best. Uh, highest uh, right, right. But I mean, if that's the guys that we want to change values on a dynasty, because, hey, he's a free agent. He's going to a new team. I'm like, you know what? I'm okay sitting that out. It is challenging. And it kind of leads into my next thought here. So we'll just combine it into one before I pass it over to Dan. But Mitch, you hit the nail on the head with the way the NFL is changing and it's changing in the way that we are seeing those blockbuster trades. We're seeing the wide receiver market just go absolutely haywire because of what we saw with the the Christian Kirk contract. I think a lot of it can be attributed to that with the Jacksonville Jaguars did, but we're not seeing those guys go all the way through their contract and then figure out, okay, am I going to be extended? Am I going to go elsewhere? Now we're seeing the trade and then sign pretty much uh, trade and extension. So the NFL landscape itself is drastically going to change the way we go about free agency. And Mitch, you pretty much stole the words out of my mouth, but we are going to be left with Jameis Winston types being the top quarterback um, that we might typically see. Dan, overall, what are your thoughts here from a, from a dynasty theory perspective? Does, does anything with the these contracts in general, I don't want to point out specific players quite yet, but how does it impact what you do? And he's frozen. I thought he was. I love I, it. I, I, thought, muted. I thought Dan was deep in thought there, but then he hasn't blinked in about 10 minutes. Um. Well, Mitch, yep. do you tend to do you tend to be proactive? Do you do you react more? I think Dan is back. Right. Dan is back. I'm back. All right. Well, then we'll get to that heard... question in a minute, Mitch. All right, Dan. Well, Dan, you might got to, you have to restart or something. I'm thinking that. We'll give it one more go. I just changed uh, the, the standard definition here from high def. Apologize to, to the users. That, Am I good? That's standard, end? man. That's holy cow. Try something else. Hey, good eye. Good eye. Got... I mean, good eye. Matt camera. Am I still? Do I need to restart? If I will. All right. I'll be back. All right. Anyway, Mitch, let's fill the air here. You're good. Holy cow. So, now we got to, now we have to, hold on. Do I have my other, my other frame up here? Oh, no, well, look at well you're the Bauer club and I'm, I'm coach Dan. It's hold all good. It's, it, it works. There we go. There we go. Um, I, I don't remember what the question you asked was now with all do, this. Do you but, tend to be proactive and get out ahead of this? Or maybe it was you used to be proactive exactly. and now you're changing a little bit just because it doesn't really matter all that much. I like, am changing now. Yeah. Because I used to be very proactive. I mean, oh, I'm trying to remember uh, Tyrell Williams, right? Oh, oh. When he was like the thing and you actually saw him being moved for early seconds because he was the big free agent guy. I still think that's going to happen enough in Dynasty to where I'm go to where I'm going to care about people's values that way. On my personal teams, I'm not going to be adjusting people's values based on, hey, this guy's going to be a free agent. But if someone's willing to give me more based off that, then I still care because I I think that's a really weird like dichotomy of Dynasty. Right? Is like my individual team might not care that. Let's look. Uh, David Montgomery is going to be a free agent, right? 
but there might be someone else out there who does actually really care. And I think that's the kind of line that you have to walk here with this new NFL free agency that we see. I think it almost opens up more buying windows than selling windows. I agree. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to dig a little bit, but I think there is going to be an opportunity that you're going to find those managers that, Hey, David Montgomery, what's going to happen after 2022? Is he still going to be a bear? Is he not? Well, look at a lot of these guys. We knock them because of the situations they're in. Are we going to knock them again when they move a team? Josh Jacobs, the the way he's utilized in Las Vegas, he doesn't catch a ton of passes, even though that changed as 2021 came around. Again, Mm -hmm. I always have to look at the year because we're talking about 10 different years on tonight's episode. Uh, Miles Sanders, the running back by committee there in Philly. Well, he's not signed beyond 22. Okay, well, we should potentially be thrilled about that. (laughs) Right? Yep. So there's a lot of different situations there and we'll let Dan jump in whenever he's available, but going through these guys now after the 22 season, let's go position by position. These are probably the most intriguing, the highest value guys. I didn't dig deep and grab every player that has an expiring contract, but Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Locke and Sam Darnold really, really bringing us home there. Who who stands out to you? <laughs> who I, I'm I'm afraid to add Dan back here. I don't know. Are we He's good, good to go, buddy? He's Are golden. Go? He's muted. He a holy <laughs> cow. I hear there's a podcast tonight. <laughs> I'm back. High def, volume on, no delay. I needed that old fashioned reboot. We, there we go. You, you look you you ha- look a, a heck of a lot better. Well, we skipped through. We 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 moved through several questions. So if you're looking at the okay. show notes, if there's anything you want to touch on very quickly before we really dive into the players that are going to be free agents after 22, you let me know, Dan. Hey, it's your night. We're just we're just here. Oh, you got to be kidding me! All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, unbelievable. You know, Dan, are you Dan? Are you with us, brother? Am I with us? How do I sound now? You sound great. You sound lovely. Well, what are your thoughts on the NFL free agency? Thank you, Mitch, for that segue. So, my thoughts on free agency, being that there is a Dynasty Theory podcast tonight, that I'm gonna I'm gonna happily join and hopefully stay for the rest of the show this time. So. JB, I'm impressed with your list. Let me start there. You know, I, I did give me some credit, re- review your notes, and I, I had a, I was ready to do a Google search. I'm like, who are next year's free agents? I was like, oh, wait a second. JB did the homework here, man. He had a pretty had extensive it. list. So so kudos there. Well, you know what? I and didn't have to like, spend any time because it's available 24-7 through the Dynasty Theory Patreon, five bucks a month in my tiers. I have the year that their contract expires. You click the little hyperlink. The details are in there. So the work was done. Anyway, thank you. Look for at the that tears. segue. Look at that segue. I like it. So my just overall scope of free agency, and then we could dive in. When I think of dynasty rankings and that theory perspective that you're asking me about before the country internet kicked in, quarterbacks concern me a little bit as I look at the list because to me it's related to stability. If they're a free agent, something's wrong. Like ink these quarterbacks up, lock them up. They don't let good quarterbacks stay on the market long. Or if they're an elite quarterback, okay, are, are we in for a negotiation issue here or a holdout or a disgruntled quarterback? So quarterbacks concern me related to stability and dynasty when we talk about free agency. Then running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, I view as an opportunity as, to me, money and new contracts provide motivation and top conditioning. You know, top, top-notch top Instagram photos there of, of, you know, guys at the higher level. So there is a slight uptick in my rankings because of that motivation going for that contract. You know they're going to be in shape. You know they want their next deal. They don't want to lose their job. So I would say a slight uh, uptick there in rankings. Uh, you know, maybe some desired targets that will go on my list. Age-dependent, JB. Not price-dependent, age-dependent. So l- let me get this straight. You you kind of you're kind of into the running backs that are entering the last year of their deal if they haven't had one done yet, correct? So with running backs, I'll say age 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 even more because how many 
contracts does a running back have left? All right. So is it, you know, the Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Josh Jacobs, I, I, I don't want to segue into free agents, but that are playing for their second contract, you know, and they might even get a third if they do well on the second contract. Kind of like, yeah, I mean, you know, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, they've had some extra shelf life, but if they're going for their last contract, like this is it, you know, how much is that dynasty window for you? So I am a little bit more picky, definitely more age dependent with running backs, but there is an uptick depending on where they are in that age scale. Mitch, any concerns with Lamar Jackson? Not, not, uh, nothing inked yet. Dude, I love how he's attacking this. <coughs> Sorry, I getting over my cold still, but getting attacking the contract because it reminds me so much of what Kirk Cousins did. But Lamar is doing this without an agent to where, let's say he gets franchised, let's say he goes out, either has the worst season ever or he has an injury. What's going to happen the year after that? He's either going to get franchised or someone is going to give him all the money there is in the world. So one way or the other, he's going to end up being 45 to $50 million quarterback. It's just, he could get guaranteed money the whole time while he's doing it as well. So I think it's really cool how he's going about it, but no, I'm not worried at all. I don't care what team he plays for. I prefer it to be the Ravens, but he will be fantasy and dynasty relevant on any team in the NFL. So what I'm hearing in is if there is an opportunity that presents itself that, that you can acquire, even at cost, yes. yep. you're in. 100%. And and I, I can buy into that, absolutely. The the uh, With Lamar Jackson, I almost feel like it's more narrative-driven when you're in a trade discussion. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to pay up for Lamar because, okay, then then why are, you, why are you coming to my door and looking to acquire him? Dan, from one Dan to another, Daniel Jones isn't as safe as Lamar Jackson. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be Mister Obvious here. But what are your thoughts yeah, Dan, on, on Dan, Daniel Jones? Danny Dimes is one of three free agent quarterbacks that I, I kind of put in red there. As I'm, I'm really intrigued by Danny Dimes, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, as they're free agents. Daniel Jones, this is this is his year. Like he needs to produce in New York, and I think if he does, they'll lock him up. If they have questions at the end of this year, they're going in a different direction. And now we have even more questions in dynasty fantasy football of, of what do we do with this guy? Is he an asset or a liability? So I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned, but there is an opportunity. I mean, is it a buy low opportunity because of all the uncertainty right now with Daniel Jones? You know, I'm kind of going after some Baker shares, even though, you know, we've talked here in dynasty theory. I'm not a Baker guy. Mitch and I have had a lot of fun, I think, hammering on Baker at, at different points and times, but I think he'd get a starting quarterback for the next three years, potentially at a very buy low price in Baker Mayfield right now, if he lands in Carolina or Seattle and, and he gets, you know, three plus years there. I kind of view Daniel Jones almost slipping into that. What we saw with Marcus Mariota going to Atlanta this year, like a two year deal kind of prove yourself you'll have the opportunity we're going to bring in some other rookie or if there's another vet on the roster to compete. But I think that's the path or like a Ryan Tannehill when he went to Tennessee, I kind of think that's the path that Daniel Jones could go down. If things fizzle here in New York in 22, because again, and not even the same stratosphere as the Lamar Jackson conversation. We have a comment in the chat from Kev. Lamar Jackson is re has a reasonable shot at the number one overall quarterback any given year. 100%. Absolutely. And you can get him at a reasonable price. And there's a quarterback that's going to be, that we're going to talk, talk about briefly, that's going to be a free agent after the 23 season that I think kind of fits that bill as well. Daniel Jones, I am anywhere I have him, I have been looking to package him up. I have been looking to move on from him. Do we think there's an opportunity and we'll, we'll introduce a pivot opportunity here because I'm probably going to be out of commission this weekend for the, the pivot point. We're on baby watch here. I'm, I'm still here. So obviously nothing yet. So pivot point might be on hold later this week, but if you could pivot from Daniel Jones to Matt Ryan plus, I think there could be an opportunity there. Now I know there's the Matt Ryan, uh, uh, Michael Pittman hype and conversation. But if you have a manager that you see is clearly not looking to contend and they have a Matt Ryan, 
maybe they're just intrigued by the youth of Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. So I think that's something that you could explore, but that's somebody that it's, it's weighing the, the odds, looking at the range of possible outcomes and probable outcomes with Daniel Jones. I'm not saying I'm completely betting against him, but there's a, a better chance than not that he's not worth significantly more this time next year. So, I mean, you brought up Daniel Jones, Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Locke, and Sam Darnold. It's we, ugly out there. Daniel Jones is the only one besides Lamar Jackson that I think has a chance of playing for the same team next year. Because let's say Tom Brady? Daniel Jones goes out. I, th- I think Tom Brady's going to the booth, man. I just do. You did a 180 because of that booth contract. Yeah, it was big. But if Daniel Jones does well this year, the Giants can just put him on the franchise tag. They could be like, prove it. And they have enough money in the cap next year to do it. That doesn't even include how much the cap's going to go up next year as well. But mm-hmm. they have like $60 million right now to where that could be very easily. But then if you are buying into Daniel Jones and you're someone who's buying into that offense, you have to know that his value isn't going to go up because where he is next year, even if he has a good year, everybody in Dynasty, no one's going to be willing to pay you a lot for him because everyone's going to be like, you know, it's a franchise tag. He could be horrible again. And so I think he's just that quarterback to where if you can't package him up, like John was saying, I think you do it. Um, if he ends up being your quarterback three going into this year, something you could probably deal with. But I think you will continually want to move him off your roster no matter how well he is doing this season. Because I don't think next season is going to be any better for you, even if he is a top 10 quarterback this year. I don't think we really need to discuss Drew Locke and Sam Darnold all that much. I don't want to put everybody to sleep too early. But Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo, I think they both present an interesting opportunity here. If Baker gets moved and it's now it's like it's up in the air, is he going to get moved? Cleveland, it's like they're in a, a standoff. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he was not injured, I think he would be on another roster right now. So those are two guys that I have plenty of shares of Garoppolo. I've had some people not necessarily coming after either of them, but maybe looking to include them in a deal, basically as a throw-in. I'm hanging on to both of them just to see where they land, if they land somewhere. Or if Deshaun Watson does miss significant time and Baker Mayfield comes in and says, okay, yeah, you know, I'm here, I'll play. There's going to be a quarterback needy team in your league that is at least willing to move a second. Is it a significant return? No, but it's a heck of a lot better than just including them as a throw in either situation. Dan, you got Tom Brady on your roster. He's your quarterback too. All right. Quarterback two for production purposes. Let's say. Uh, let's Carson say you have Zach. <laughs> Carson Wentz. I was even going to say Zach Wilson, who obviously. For dynasty purposes, okay. But we're not sure how he's going to perform here in 22, okay? And you want those points from Brady. Are you riding him into the ground? Is he one of those guys that you're willing to see off into the sunset? Or if the opportunity presented itself, another quarterback needy team approaches you, are you listening even though it could leave a a gaping hole there in your starting roster, your starting lineup? If I have one of those super flex rosters where I don't have that third quarterback, I've got to find a way to get out of Tom Brady. Now, is that okay? I have enough draft. I have a first round pick or someone else's first round pick. If this is a contending team where I know I next year's a deep class, okay, hey, I could I'll be okay till next year if Brady retires on my roster. But if I don't have the draft capital and I don't have a third quarterback, there's no way on earth I am going to get. I'm going to lose points somehow. I'm going to make it up somewhere else. I'm going to find a way to trade and get another quarterback and not get stuck with Tom Brady. Cause I don't want to be holding the belt next year and just, okay, I've got one quarterback and that's it. No draft pick Brady retires. I have nowhere to turn. Now I got to get rid of a big asset to get a, a number two quarterback. That's the worst feeling in the world. All right. That's when John Bauer comes in and he rakes you under the coals for, you know, so offering you some quarterback because he has four or five on his roster. So I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Got to find a way. Let, let me, let, let me ask. I, All right. You're five and oh, your team is off to a gorgeous start. All right. On your way to a championship. You're, 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 you're pretty knocking left and right. Boom. Win, win, win. I come to you and I say, 
here's a 24 first for Tom Brady, an excellent opportunity to cash out, but he's quarterback five up to that point. Just another tremendous season by the goat himself. Are you intrigued? I'm intrigued, but I still have to have another quarterback. I need to know I have Cousins next year, Tannehill next year, Matty Ryan next year. I, I have to have something until in case because that number one pick next year that you're giving me, that doesn't help me now. I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna win this league with one quarterback now. So I, I still have to have two quarterbacks now to move Brady, is would be my point. Okay, so then However, I misunderstood. I I misinterpreted then what you were saying because yeah. I, I thought you were saying you, you could not go into the 23 season with Brady on your roster. Ideally, that's what you were looking to avoid. So I give you that opportunity Correct. to shout. Correct. But so, but I'm contending I'm five and oh, I've got Dak and Brady. I do not want to, you know, I want to win this league and, and cash in, but I also don't want to be just stuck with Dak next year. So I'm thinking, okay, how can I win this league? flip Brady for someone else who wants him and still keep my team in contending. Give me someone that's not as good as Brady points wise, or as maybe as comparable, but not as, not as shiny, you know, and let that be a cousins, a Tannehill, a whatever, you know, and then, you know, I'm, if I'm, I'm getting Maddie Ryan, Hey, I'll take Maddie Ryan in the first and, you know, probably won't get it, but <laughs> yes, you, you know where I'm going with it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to formulate a deal where I could get rid of the go and still contend. You know, so I've got to find a way to do that. Now, again, a lot of my rosters, I've got three quarterbacks. So if I had, you know, Dak, Brady, and Davis Mills, or Dak, Brady, and all right, I got Danny Jones. Do I think Danny Jones could survive another year? I'm, I'm, a, I'm I need something to make me inclined to be able to trade Brady. What would Otherwise, I'm looking a nice for a quarterback op- swap and just, just to get younger. What would present a nice opportunity, I think, if you had to go another route? Obviously, I'm looking to contend also. I have a quarterback injury. I offer you that 24 first for Tom Brady. You know, in this situation, maybe in parallel, you look to acquire Matt Ryan from a team that's now one and four. So two separate deals getting it done. Ideally, Dan tells everyone, hey, I want a first in Matt Ryan. And like I always say, I want a pet unicorn. But he's not walking through that door. (laughs) And I don't think that trade's go- coming into your inbox. Yeah. Uh, R- so random Mitch, example. I'm just thinking another. I know, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. So again, but Mitch, this ties into exactly what you said to lead off the show. We are rarely going to see young elite quarterbacks hit this point. 100%. It, the big thing is we can even lead this into running backs now to where. So there's a good list coming out next year that could be coming out, I will say. Um, that I'm sure you're going to list off. But so I went through, I was trying to think of good running back free agents that have actually like been good in fantasy. The only ones that I could come up with are Hunt from four years ago, Leonard Fournette from a couple years ago, and then maybe Melvin Gordon. But Melvin Gordon, Fournette, they were really good running backs. So you could kind of see another team buying into them. Other than that, it's like James Conner. And like those are the kind of backs that end up going to free agency and you're hoping to hit. But what that's telling me is you might get one of those guys every other year. And those are going to hit. So if you are buying into these narratives of, hey, running back free agency, they're going to go to another team. They're going to do very well. I had a hard time coming up with five in the last five years that mattered at all. Besides like a Jamal Williams, right? I think part of the issue too, and this is something you and I kind of disagreed on with setting the expectation, trying to predict and project, Hey, what's going to happen with that 2017 class is McCaffrey going to get extended Derek Henry, uh, uh, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara. And you kept saying, yeah, I'm not too worried because these guys are going to get extended. I, Hey, let's be a little cautious here. Well, every one of them got extended. So it almost falls in line with that quarterback discussion, but just more condensed because we're not seeing that longer uh, shelf life. But it it almost goes against what everybody preaches on fantasy Twitter. Why are you paying running backs? Why are you drafting running backs early? Why are you doing this, that, and the other? Well, if the NFL continues to do it and it typically comes down to teams that believe they can 
compete. Again, Dalvin Cook, Minnesota, not great, but they're always in the, the middle of, you know, the, the standings. Uh, New Orleans, Cincinnati makes a run to the Super Bowl. Tennessee, uh, perennial contender there in the AFC. So we do see these teams that are willing to invest in these running backs where the offense kind of goes through it, but it ties into the list here. Saquon Barkley, what are the Giants really doing with him? They're, they're, not, they're not winning. Yep. Cut, him lo- cut him loose. David Montgomery in Chicago, they need to blow that team up. Cut him loose. Josh Jacobs, I think he's an intriguing one. And uh, Mitch, I want to say that you brought this up but in our Discord, but why exercise the fifth-year option when you could franchise him if he stays healthy? Yep. Why why take that unnecessary risk? And I think it was a minimal difference in cost to the Raiders who now have, you know, they're starting to accumulate some nice weapons. Waller, bring in Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, who's coming off a tremendous season. But Josh Jacobs is the intriguing one that I think could be in Las Vegas still after the 22 season. So it's paused for concern for uh, uh, Mr. Zamir White who everybody's all jacked about, Hey, he's going to be their lead back <laughs> run, run, to, to continue through the rest of the list. Then Dan, I want to hear some of your thoughts on this running back uh, free agent class next year. Uh, Barkley, Montgomery, Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Damien Harris, Melvin Gordon, again, Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams, Daryl Henderson, Rashad Penny again. So a much stronger and deeper free agency class here. When we look a year out. Yeah. This running back list was, was interesting. And it, it kind of, chunked it into tears a little bit you know Barkley Montgomery I think those two are in unique situations in that the Giants and the Bears are new head coach so you know some new uh, management pieces in place there where they're looking all right hey what are we doing what direction are we going with with these organizations but both are young and talented enough to what about Jacob that they could you, you, you have a could new head turn coach this there as well, yeah, I probably should have Jacobs in that class as well. There, I'm forgetting Mr. McDaniel's there is a similar management, just new head coach. Um, all three of those guys are young and talented enough to score a deal. Score not only we talked about, I was talking about age before running backs, but not just one contract, but potentially two in their careers. Now, that doesn't come without risk with either of these three, but uh, I'm willing to roll the dice on any of the three. I think there is talent there, Miles Sanders. Man, that whole Philadelphia situation, there's still talent. He's still young. It's just what direction are the Eagles going to go? But he could easily be in that group of talented young guys that could score a contract and be around for a while in Dynasty. Damian Harris, you know I'm a Harris uh, truther to a, to a degree. I'm really intrigued with that one. I think he's a real solid, good running back, but I'm enticed by Ramondre. You know, doing, does New England just say, hey, sorry, we got 18 million running backs. We can let you go. We're not paying you. Or do they keep that continuity? He's young enough. And, you know, we see Harrison Ramondre and enough volume to go around for a couple of years. The rest, yeah, you, we, John, you can just put in a tra- trash can for me there that <laughs> you, you listed on here. They're just, they're, 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 they're roster fillers. Don't make that mistake of trading any jet draft capital, even when it's like playoff time and you need a back. Hey, I don't know. Melvin Gordon, he, he could have another year <sighs> after 22. <sighs> but you made some interesting points with these guys. Damien Harris. I think for production and values, uh, value standpoint, he needs to stay in New England. Yep. And I know people, well, you don't really know what New England's going to do on a weekly basis, but you know he's going to get the inside the five work. You know Mac Jones isn't stealing those, those carries inside there. He's going to get 14, 15, 16 touchdowns probably. I, it's going to be hard for him to go to a new situation with the limited work in the passing game. You know that's big for me and maybe sometimes to a fault, but Damien Harris, I would love to see him stay in new England, even with Ramondre, even with, uh, um, Oh, I'm blanking. James white, Pierre strong jr. Drafted. They got a variety. Kevin Harris came in as well. Pierre strong was the one slipping my mind, but, uh, the, the other four above him, if I can use it to my advantage to, explore trade opportunity get these guys at cost for the most part i want to say besides montgomery because i'm pretty even with the market barkley jacob sanders on my tiers they're all in green 
all guys that I believe I'm a little bit higher on compared to market. When you look at the other platforms, KTC, DTC, whatever the case may be, but I, I'm perfectly fine acquiring them at cost because if they don't remain in the same situation, can they excel elsewhere? I think all four of those guys have the skill sets that allow them to do that. Completely agree. Barkley, Barkley and Jacobs have a little chance to reset their market. You know, if, if the Giants do get things right, and even if like Danny Jones has a top, you know, 15 to 20 year, and maybe the Giants still go in a different direction, but they show, hey, that we could get this right. Barkley's an electrifying running back who's, you know, he's a specimen. So he, he could make himself relevant pretty quick. And I think Josh Jacobs, if that Raiders offense could be as potent as, as we expect, um, he could have himself a really nice year. Monty, I'm a little bit more worried behind that Bears O-line and lack of passing weapons right now. I think they're just still a year away from getting enough pieces to, I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Lack of passing weapons. Give me those dump offs. That, that, that's what I'm looking at. But I'm worried. That, I'm worried they run him into the ground. That's what I'm worried about with Monty this year. Like, like where do you find offensive production? Uh, there, there. I think there's going to be a lot of weight on him, him and Fields. Yep. Yeah, and that that's a concern from a longevity standpoint. But it's also a nice little uptick for a short term production. Um, I just thinking about these running backs. It's very difficult to say. And Mitch, you called me out on this several weeks ago talking about a running back and I can't remember who it was, but you look at any of these guys, even though I like those top four, it is going to be challenging for any of them to be significantly more valuable this time next year. So I think the big takeaway here is getting out ahead and really keeping an eye on these contracts, staying, staying in tune with what's going on throughout the league, because typically we're not going to see the big trades involving running backs, right? We're going to see it with the quarterbacks, which we've seen. We're going to see it with the wide receivers, with the the reset at the, the wide receiver market. But running backs, I think typically we're going to see them either re-sign or play out their contract and then go elsewhere and kind of see how that goes. I think we see a lot more kind of two-year deals. Question in the chat from Mike, what position is the best to franchise tag? From an NFL standpoint, I think it's running backs. I might be giving Miles. Yes. Go ahead, no, I mean, sorry. I was just going to say, I think, yes, it should be running backs, but teams just don't do it yet. But I think they're slowly catching on. And I think we're going to see more and more of it happen as the future goes, because it's always been a lineman. They've done linebackers before, right? I just don't think that's going to happen. It's going to be on the ones to where they're trying to extend the shelf life of the player a couple more years without having to give them you know, 50 million guaranteed in a deal. But, and you look at the contracts that have kind of blown up in, in management's faces. Uh, Le'Veon Bell being one of the significant ones. And I, I do believe that, Mitch, I, I think it's a great point. Why over a year out exercise a fifth-year option if it's available on a running back, which is in decreasing significantly because you're seeing fewer and fewer first-round running backs. But... I do think that's the position. Hey, you stayed healthy there in year four. Let's franchise tag you. Let's see how it goes. You stay healthy again, especially these guys that kind of need to reset themselves. Saquon's got to show that he can stay healthy. Otherwise, why are the Giants going to commit a three-year deal to him? It just doesn't make sense to me. And I think, um, you know, I I do think that we're going to see it more with the quarterbacks that, you know, it's tough to say, though, because the quarterbacks, these teams are they're willing to lock them down mm-hmm. and you see the big trades like even though it hasn't happened yet, the Broncos, they're going to extend Russell Wilson. There's no way they don't. Yeah, yep. that would be a complete blunder on their end. Um, So the, I think my opinion, the quarterbacks don't grow on trees. So you're right, John, they're going to lock them down. But the running backs, you've got options, but these guys might be able to have a be had at a little bit of a bargain you know the, the running back market is is not good the, you know i feel bad if i'm an nfl running back right now but you look at miles sanders maybe we're not talking enough about him maybe similar to josh jacobs where we see a narrative where the raiders or the eagles could have a very explosive offense this year and if, if hurts could just throw a little bit with all those offensive passing weapons i mean teams aren't going to be stacking the box so there is an opportunity with a little less pressure on them to be in just the ideal offensive situation and then get franchised or get a contract. 
Hey, maybe the NFL says, screw all of you guys. It's tight ends we're going to start franchising. We do with Dalton Schultz. <laughs> we do with David Njoku. I remember our, our episode going into free agency in the franchise tag episode. And all of us, oh, no, nah, they're, they're not going to franchise a tight end. There's no way. Like, And we talked about different scenarios and what ifs for Mike Gesicki, Dalton Schultz, David Njoku. Those are the, the three big ones I remember talking about. And two of them get tagged. And it, Or did Gesicki get tagged too? No. I cannot I, remember, to be honest. It was either a one-year extension or tagged. I think I predicted either way, he'd get tagged. Either way, that was one he, I was excited about. Either way, he's up after 22. So I, I think the takeaway there on the running backs, still look to invest in the – like if you would be interested in David Montgomery, if he still had two years left on his deal, still be interested in him. That, that That's my opinion here. Um, because there is going to be some opportunity out there, especially whenever it's a situation that we're not absolutely in love in or in love with. Sorry, I'm reading a comment as I'm <laughs> trying to speak in love with like the Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. Uh, oh, and I see Kev says Miles Sanders won be in the Broncos next year. You heard it here first. <laughs> that that would be really intriguing. Unless you have Javante. <laughs> I I mean, but we're seeing all these guys in a committee and, no, and people don't want to talk about it. But yeah. all right. So the wide receiver class is a lot more exciting at this point in time. DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Juju again, Hunter Renfro. And Hunter Renfro, I mean, would have been with Allen Robinson at the top of this class if he was a free agent heading into 22, but the, the four big guys there, Mitch DK, Debo, Terry, Deontay, all question marks. You could make a case against any of them. If you're trying to discount them from a value perspective and yep. trade talks, are you looking to invest in any of those four? And if so, why? It's weird because I size says it all. It's just those four players, right? I think you could put another four wide receivers on that list, but I don't like Debo. I've never been a huge Debo guy, and he's not going to repeat what he did the previous year, right? DK, at best, he's going to have Baker Mayfield at his quarterback, and that's just, I'm not doing that again. Um, Terry McLaurin, I love him. So actually, like, if I'm going to go out and I need to get one of these guys, it is 100% Terry McLaurin because he could produce with any court, he is the new Allen Robinson, right? To where I don't care what quarterback is throwing him the ball, he's going to put up a thousand yards a year. And I think he's a, a slightly lower ceiling, Allen Robinson. But I get your yes, point. Yes, um, your point. thank you for correcting that because you know, you know, we're good. But Deontay Johnson, on the other hand, I'm just let, messing let, with you. I'm no, no. First with, of all, yeah. there's a hair on me somewhere, and I keep. But you always know me. I always say hide in plain sight because if I didn't say it right there, uh -huh. you know, we're getting a message in the Discord. Well, technically, that's okay. I just ignore those. I just want to get out ahead of but it. Deontay, I think a little bit of it was he's a product of what that Pittsburgh system was the previous three years with how many times they're throwing the ball, how Ben liked to throw the ball. So that's why I'm not into him. And it sucks because I think where they're all valued in dynasty is fair. Am I willing to go out and pay that for any of them? No, but if I was going to have to, it would be McLaurin. But the biggest reason why I'm not getting into McLaurin because I don't trust Carson Wentz to make any fantasy wide receiver relevant. And if I have to deal with that a whole nother year and then Terry enters free agency, sure, I'll get the value bump there, but I have a full 12 months before that's going to happen. I don't think that's fair to Carson Wentz, to be honest with you. Okay, which wide receiver has he made relevant? Well, he had a couple relevant tight ends who were receiving options <laughs> yes, in Philadelphia. Did. Yes, but, he did. But how much of that was the system as a well, the system and the weapons that were available? But Michael Pippen, it was he okay. did just he he was wide receiver seventeen last year, fourteen points per game. I would not say that he's significantly better, if at all, than Terry McLaurin. Very true. I stand corrected. He has one. He he has one. And it's the most recent, and it supports my narrative. So I'm sticking <laughs> with it. So I, I do think Terry McLaurin could be productive. And from what it sounds like, 49ers are trying to make things right with Debo, but there's the Trey Lance question mark. So I'm not really interested in investing in him at cost. 
if he's there and if he's not there, it's because he's not happy with the way he was utilized. So you, you lose that rushing upside that he had. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he was back at, he was at OTAs today. Uh, but with the quarterback situation being murky, I, I know Ben was a shell of himself last year, but it kind of really played into what Deontay did well. And he was a target machine because of it. Uh, do they look to run a little bit more if possible this year? Maybe. So at cost and DK, I have very little DK. I, I don't think he's in Seattle after 22. So I do think we see at least DK move, maybe Debo. And then Deontay's a question mark. I think Terry gets extended though, but he's the one as well that I'm interested in investing in at cost and Juju. Yeah, not and much different here. Thoughts? You're, you're Mr. Wide receiver over there. I love the wide receiver position. Not too much hot takey compared to either of you gentlemen, but, you know, maybe a little more bullish. Yeah, I think, you know, we all beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. So I might be a little bit more bullish on DK Metcalf, just knowing where how high he was ranked a year ago to where he is now. Would be hopeful, JB, that, like you said, maybe he does land somewhere else, gets traded in a year. Worst case, you know, to Mitch's point, he's with Baker. So, you know, I want to buy now while it's a little bit lower. Um, and I, I just be okay with that. So a little more bullish to get DK, but not a lot. Debo, he, he's a little price high for me right now. So, you know, the value just isn't quite there. Do like him. I, I think he's a, he's got a long talented career ahead of him. McLaurin, I, I'll double down with, with the Wentz take, but with uh, a Washington dysfunction take, I'm just not really crazy about the direction of that organization out of all of the uh, organizations, the NFC East. I'm, I'm, least optimistic on Washington Deontay Johnson I do like I, I think you know with Pittsburgh it's interesting you know everyone talks about you know oh anyone's be better than Ben last year Ben was on his last legs yeah that's all true last legs but there is something to be said said about how healthy durable smart he was you know what they what Pittsburgh's getting now is someone that can extend plays when the, when the cup when the, the line breaks down so they could do a little bit more with their offense. There's there's going to be a little learning curve there for you know Pickett once he's ready, but I think Deontay Johnson's almost quarterback proof. I, I think he's that good of wide receiver. So he's really like my highest on that list. With hopefully as the Pittsburgh quarterback situation continue, continues to evolve, so does Deontay Johnson. And then I know Juju and Hunter's on that. Juju is just so interesting in Kansas City. I just can't wait to see what Kansas City does. But mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm really just seeing a big spread out target monster there outside of Kelsey where I, I don't know how much better of a situation Juju could get. So it is what it is. Hunter Renfro is just another slot receiver to me. I'm, I'm down on Hunter Renfro right now. Just too much talent in, in Vegas. And I think last year we saw the best of Mr. Renfro. I think his price reflects the that in the general market though you know adding Devonte adams um i think he's one that does get extended ultimately and he sticks around in las vegas but the how the much is he going to demand though jb they, they've, they've got to pay darren waller at some point here like i'd be surprised I mean, he's still, he's, he's still a slot receiver darren though waller. like i don't think he's going to be demanding that much on the open market Oh, Cole Beasley was pretty bullish about leaving Dallas a couple years ago, and he's younger and probably better than Cole Beasley. Well, yeah, he's like it a might be a tough one for them to Dan. afford. Right? Yeah, yeah there's 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 a lot of uh, thread on those tires there for Mister Hunter Renfro. I, I got to see what demand the... a little more money than they, they could pay. I'm thinking. Hold on, if I they gotta, pay I Waller, gotta... they just could... load it up on Adams. He he was making like four four million a year. Beasley. I don't think he's. Yeah, but I don't think Hunter Renfro is going to go for four million a year. Is what I'm saying. I think he's going to demand more, and I don't know if Vegas will they pay them pay more. I think Tyler Boyd. What was that? Four years, forty four million. That could be reasonable. That could be something. A year. That... That's anyway. a lot of money to tie up in your pass catchers. If you pay Wall. Well, in that in that division. <laughs> <laughs> Dan and I could argue about paint drying. <laughs> no, no, it's drying this fast. No, no, no. But in that division, they have to. They have to have an explosive offense, no? Well, they got Adams. You're going to pay Waller. Is there enough to go around for a third third target in that offense is what I'm wondering. Yeah, you can always secure that slot receiver. Dan keeps bringing up Waller, which kind of leads us into tight ends, right? Because John has a good list, right? Let me name them. Mike Isecki, Dawson Knox. Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram, 
Irv Smith, Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst, Robert Tanyan. Who do I, who am I buying? Who am I personally buying into this season? Because I think they're going to be worth more next off season. None of them. I want Foster Moreau. <laughs> and the reason for that is I, I think so Waller Foster either Moreau. gets paid or he's a free agent. Foster Moreau is a free agent next year, but I think the Raiders could bring him back. And he has produced that offense when Waller's been out. I think Foster Moreau was the kind of prospect that the dynasty community would fall in love with. Let's say he goes to the Rams because Higby ends up sucking, right? Well, I mean, well, let's just say Higby keeps being a Higby. And then so Foster Moreau goes there. Foster Moreau's value is immediately going to go up. I have a hard time with the rest of these tight ends thinking that their value is going to be higher than what it is now in the following year. The only one, the only one that I think there, there are, you know, I, I don't think Tanyan realistically, he's going to increase too much. I mean, he's worth pretty much nothing. Uh, if, if you ask 11 of your league mates, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, the, Irv Smith, if things, listen, if things went well, I just don't think they're going to go as well as people would like. So I actually don't think Irv Smith sees a significant increase, if at all, in his dynasty value. The two that I do believe, Dalton Schultz, if he is extended, and I would love to hear Dan's opinion on that, being the Dallas Cowboy fan, and Evan Ingram, he is young enough, and he has done it. And that is what is important, I think, for rising up in value if you're a player like Evan Ingram. If you've done it, like we talked about it with Juju, right? If he goes out and has a fantastic season, it doesn't matter what happens next. I think we're looking at top 24 dynasty value, top 24 receivers, not overall for Juju. And I think Evan Ingram is almost like the equivalent of Juju Smith-Schuster. He came out, had a fantastic rookie season, had drop issues, but demanded that target share in a lackluster offense. So Evan Ingram... I think he's an intriguing one. I have on a lot of rosters. Maybe it's just wishful thinking, but young enough, he's done it before. If he does it again, you know, I don't see a reason that he's not going to have a better season than Irv Smith. And I know, well, blasphemy, JB, because Irv <laughs> Smith is just that six foot two, beautiful tight end that everybody wants. I don't get it. I still don't get it. Uh, but Dalton Schultz, Dan, does he get extended in Dallas? Please say yes yeah. for his value. I, I do, but I don't see what other direction Dallas could go in at the tight end position. So I do see him extending Dalton Schultz. And I, I, I targeted four of the guys on your list here, JB. I'll disagree with you on Irv Smith, but you Shocker. know, I, I, I mean, to, to Mitch's point, I mean, I'm not going overboard on any of these tight ends here. You know, if you don't have one of the elite ones, I just want to get one out of the bunch and I'm, I'm content, but Gusecki, Knox, Schultz, and potentially Irv Smith could be, I mean, Gusecki's a receiver. Knox is Josh Allen's best friend in an explosive offense. Schultz, Dallas needs someone to throw to other than C.D. Lamb. So I think there's his, a lot his, of... his best friend that garners a 12% target share. Right? If, if I was playing football with either of you gentlemen, because you're both my best friends, we never argue, I, you'd be getting 30% <laughs> of the targets funneled to you. That's how I would treat my best friend. So I think it's the best friend and the system. So the Dallas system is very tight end friendly. Going back to Jason Witten and, and how they use tight ends, it's just part of the scheme. So it, it's going to be there. And then in Irv Smith, there's just, he's still only like, he, he's young enough to be your child, John. And he's, he's athletic and there's nobody behind him, and he's talented and he's got the NFL pedigree. And so I, I think there's an opportunity oh, for no. him to get, to get some uptick here. Cause he's going really late. He's a bargain is what I'm telling you. He's a so, bargain. I got to ask. I don't know. What's Irv Smith's pedigree. It did his like dad play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have no idea, there. to be honest. Yep. How about that? Yeah, there's a NFL genes there. He's an Alabama player. I, I like Irv Smith. Now, I'm not in that hype train, JB. I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, saying he's the next, you know, come to slice bread and he's going to be a elite tight end fantasy producer. I just think now's the, the window where if there is still a window open with his situation and his age and opportunity and volume and all that, I think he could have a good season this year and get inked to a nice contract. And I want to I want to say I don't think Mike Kosicki or Dawson Knox go out there and have horrific seasons by any means, but with their situations, 
I, I said it coming into this offseason. I thought the best scenario for Mike Kosicki was to remain in Miami. And now you add Tyreek Hill to the mix. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the next best situation when we look a year out? Is it still Miami? Is it going elsewhere? He's super athletic. Dawson Knox in Buffalo. Does he stay? I don't know. Again, for the, for me, it comes down to if you believe Dalton Schultz is going to get extended between now and next year, you should be looking to acquire him at cost. If you believe he gets extended, Evan Ingram, dirt cheap option. If you're in a two PPR league in that Doug Peterson offense that has just mediocre weapons everywhere. And I know Evan Ingram, you might say he's mediocre at best, but maybe he stands out. So those are just the two guys again that I think could pop a little bit. Knox and Gesicki, I think they're destined just to be in that 10 to 12 range for dynasty purposes. No, my Mike is getting me going. If Gesicki went to Tampa Bay, oh, he's better than Pitts now. He's he's tight end one. Yeah, he could have like that, Drew Locke awesome. throwing to him next year or something. That'd be sweet. I, I think they do read Drew Locke, MVP yeah. of the Super Bowl. That's right, Tampa Bay. I think Miami does resign Gasecki. Like, and, and I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna try to stop Miami. I think a lot of Gasecki comes with the involvement of Tua. If Tua takes a step this year as a, a fantasy quarterback, how do you stop him? You got to find a way to stop Tyreek Hill. You got to find a way to stop Jalen Waddle. It's not as easy as it was a year ago when it's like, okay, hey, we could double Gasecki. You could do some different things to try to take him away. Um, there's going to be some opportunities there. I, I just think there'll be some nice splash games, and there's there's a little bit more upside in the tank. Again, this is it's, it amazes me, Dan. I, I feel for your wife. I really do. Because if you listen to her as much as you listen to me, oh, you're in trouble. Because <laughs> you don't listen to a freaking word I say. I, I think Kasiki has a fine season. That's not the issue. I just can't realistically see an opportunity outside of landing in something like Tampa Bay, if, especially if Brady returns, that his value rises significantly. Whereas at cost, I think we could see it with Schultz if he's extended and Ingram for the 80th time. Schultz and Ingram. So let me rephrase it. It's a little more attractive in their free agent year with their situation than maybe taking Dallas Goddard, Cole Komet, Noah Fant. Like like we talk about based on pending free agency, who gets a little bit of an uptick, you can move them up a couple spots. I'm just saying it's an attractive situation. Moves up a little bit because of the opportunity and impending free agency. Komet being talked about with Goddard, I'm okay with that. Well, we need some more of that hype to build in before September so I can move a couple of those commit shares. And we have him, I think, in two of our co-banger leagues. I like commit plenty. I'm not quite there to put him with my man, Dallas Goddard. So Fade, to wrap up. Hunter, Hunter Henry, another one named to Gronk. Give up on Gronk. Like, give up on those guys and go to these young free agent tight ends. Is that better, JB? A little like, bit. You're saying for dynasty managers, yeah, like if you're drafting a dynasty league and you're thinking about fading the tight end and just settling at a Fant or a Gronkowski or a Hunter Henry, I'm saying don't do that. Be a little more assertive and take the Knox or the Gasecki. Make sure you land on it or Schultz. Land on one of those guys. Did you really yeah. just lump in Noah Fant with <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, who's not even on a roster? No, I mean, he's going to sign and he's Gronk and, you know, there'll be the hype at some point. And, you know, Noah Fant, Fant there's still some truthers out there. Dallas Goddard truthers out there. I'm, I'm just saying, forget about those guys. Get these guys what? that we're talking about. What's right wrong now. with Goddard? I'd rather Dawson Knox or Mike Gusecki or Dalton Schultz. Oh, okay. Now That's I can one. get behind that at cost. Okay. If you want to add at cost, I can get behind that. Price but, dependent. <laughs> but that is a critical piece that you're failing to include there. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wrap up the show really quick. I have 30 players listed here. Mitch, give me one guy on this list that post 2023, we're looking at these guys. They're going to be free agents. Who is somebody that you're either looking to move or acquire like now? Because you I got to say, I, I love your list, but I thought those were the players you listed because you do this. No, no, no. 15 <laughs> players. So I thought those were your guys. So I came up with my guys. No, so no, I no. That's a. So I have two different things, right? I have a player who I don't have a lot of shares of that I want to get more before the post-2023 season. 
then I have one that I want to have a lot less of. Okay. It's actually two. Hit me. I want to get a lot less. I actually still have a lot of Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry. That offense is going to be terrible because they're neither of them are going to be there post 2023, in my opinion. So I'm out of that hole. Anyone who plays on the Titans, I love Traylon Burks. I plan on moving him before the end of the 2023 season. On the opposite side. Now, let me say, let me say, start doing this sooner rather than later because we're a year out from these guys, these 22 guys that we just talked about and their contracts come up in conversation. So get out after it now. Anyway, Mitch. And and the other person is, I've been talking about the discord nonstop is Bateman. There just isn't anybody else with the Ravens that is even rosterable as a wide receiver. And then you have like Mark Andrews, JK Dobbins, Lamar, and that's it. But they're a great dynasty offense. They're a really high scoring offense in the NFL. So Bateman is the guy that I'm going to continually try to buy all off season. Um, his price is getting pretty high. I have offered Tyreek Hill straight up for him in multiple leagues. Get shut down. That blows um, my mind. I'm okay with that because of, you know, the Tua stuff. But yeah, so Bateman is the guy that I'm going to continue throughout the offseason try to buy because I really think once the 22 season hits, this narrative is going to be like, hey, what can you move Bateman for? Because his price is going to be so high that you could get a lot of pieces for him going into the 23 season. I was just going to get to that. So you're looking to do something with him now because you just think throughout the 22 season, throughout the 23 season, once we approach over the next couple of years, that value will continue to rise. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I can buy into that. Dan, who do you got here? I mean, without less than 30 guys, you know, John breaks down by position, the post 2023 situations, but you know, just like we went through the free agents for, for after the, uh, for next year quarterback position, I'll be watching carefully, John, you know, Russ Wilson and Jalen Hurts situations is both of Denver and Philly have intriguing offenses to me at the running posi- back position. It's I'm trying not to be captain obvious, but I am a little more intrigued than I've been maybe a previous year with Deandre Swift uh, Cam Akers, AJ Dillon are, are interesting situations. Wide receiver, most specifically, we'll go back to liking wide receivers. Michael Pittman and Gabe Davis are two guys that I think there's some untapped potential. I've had some luck at in some of them um, in different leagues. T Higgins seems a little bit obvious for me. And at the tight end position, you know, I think there's still more in Darren Waller while people are getting off him a little bit. And uh, TJ Hawkinson's very intriguing. Yeah, j- just to get this on everybody's radar, just to, you know, we're trying to get ahead of this. This is post-23. These are the guys that are going to be free agents at that point in time. Kyler, Russ, Hertz, Cousins, Tannehill, Winston, Ryan, JT, Swift, Eckler, Dobbins, Gibson, Henry, Akers, Dylan, Edmonds, T. Higgins, Diggs, Cup, Evans, Pittman, Hollywood, Mooney, Cooks, Claypool, Boyd, Gabe Davis, and then in the tight end position, Waller, Hawk, Fant, Komet, Hunter Henry, Everett, and Higby. So again, just just to get those guys on your radar, potentially looking to to do something because dynasty managers are, are getting smarter and smarter overall and paying more attention because of how much information is readily available that these contracts, they don't creep up the way they used to. Oh, so-and-so, he's a free agent after this year. Didn't realize that. Everybody on their grandmother now at this point knows when these contracts are expiring. Get out ahead of it because I think there are different... Uh, ways that you go about this and it could be advantageous for your dynasty rosters final thoughts with internet issues and all he was a champion he was a warrior he stuck around dan for the 160th time what final thoughts do you have for our incredible listeners plowed through tonight no quit like my new york rangers having a little fun with final thoughts here tonight if you're bored, I posted this in our, our discord go to devontesmithsoftball.com this Saturday, I will be scouting for all our, our listeners, okay? And I will come back to next Monday's show with a report. There's going to be a home run derby and a celebrity all-star game. And live in attendance is going to be Devontae Smith, and uh, Micah Parsons. That's the last defensive guy I'll name. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders, Najee Harris, uh, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Waddell, Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore, 
I think they're the fantasy studs that are there. So I will come back with a scouting report. I'll let you know what kind of shape these guys are in, how their swing is, how serious it is. I will find a dynasty nugget at this tournament here. So that is my final thought for tonight. Security's going to come over, yeah. sir. We said, stop asking them for shirtless selfies, please. <laughs> sir, you got to stop. Mitch, what do you got? The amount of times we're going to have to see like a Dan and Micah picture over the oh, next God. year. Oh, man, it's it's going to be rough. I just want to bring up like th- these topics that are hard in Dynasty because that we brought up on tonight's show because we do see the NFL changing in a way to where they're approaching free agency differently. But all it takes is that one manager. And that's like the hard thing, right, is we will hear is, I'll say, you know, no one's going to want to pay more for get Mike Kosecki. And someone will say, well, in my league. And that's the thing is like we are talking – on a broad landscape, but that you have to attack every single league differently. So if there is someone there who wants the Gesicki, who wants the Knox, who wants the Dalton Schultz, even though you shouldn't be valuing them any higher, there might be someone that does. And that's what you want to try to attack dynasty with, in my opinion. We all have those managers in our leagues that are very narrative driven, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, well, I read that there's the possibility this could happen. And you might have that manager that will pay a premium. And you're like, well, I didn't even think this was possible. Or I, I read this situation might, might come to fruition. I got to dump this player A for pennies on the dollar. And then, boom, he gets re-signed in what we saw as the ideal situation. So certainly it helps whenever you know your league mates, whenever you're active, whenever you're around in the group chat, seeing what people were talking about. But that information can be very valuable. Uh, like I said, there's not going to be a pivot point this week. We were going to do it with our patrons. I was going to have a few of the guys jump on to fill in for Mitch because we need multiple people to fill in for Mitch when he's missing. Very true. Uh, But I am all signs are pointing to this baby's not popping out and induction day is going to be Friday. So I will still be in the hospital there Saturday. Um, Maybe I'll do like a, yeah, your wife will uh, I, I was gonna say a, a live stream. My wife's like, Will you put that down? What are you doing over there? Anyway, we'll be back uh next week. I'll at least Mitch and Dan will. I'm up in the air, you know. I don't I don't wanna uh completely abandon my family, but we'll we'll see how everything goes. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan Lamagna, I'm John Bauer. Thank you everybody and have a fantastic night.